Welcome to Business Masters, the podcast that gives you direct access to world-leading experts on key business issues. To be the first to know about future shows and to access even more exclusive content, visit businessblueprint.com and subscribe today. Hello, it's Dale Beaumont here, founder of Business Blueprint, and welcome to another Business Masters podcast. Today, I'm talking with media and publicity expert, Sue Papadoulos, and our topic is how to get free media exposure. So I'm really looking forward to this interview. Sue, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for asking me along, Dale. I'm really happy to be sharing my knowledge about publicity with everyone who's listening. Great. Okay. Well, first, let's talk about the big picture. The big picture, because a lot of people see the media as uh, as a mystery. So, can you describe how does it work, and uh, what are the opportunities for us as business owners with the media? Okay, yes. Well, the opportunities really, I believe, are endless. And I do agree that the media is a mystery to most people. In fact, most small to medium-sized enterprises don't use publicity um, or they think the only way to go about getting publicity is to hire a PR firm, which is incredibly expensive and I believe rather ineffective. So I, I, I in terms of how I describe the media, I talk about it as being TV programs, radio shows, newspapers, magazines and online news increasingly that are all dedicated to informing, entertaining, and essentially providing people with useful pieces of advice. So there's lots and lots of opportunities to get your uh, product or service featured on a TV program like The Project or Sky Business News or something like that and get the exposure, but most importantly, generate profit from it. So for me, it's not about brand awareness, and I hear a lot about that, about how PR really only generates brand awareness, but I don't believe that's the case. It's more about getting bums on seats and dollars in the door. So it's about understanding how you make sure you get your call to action. So whatever your product or service is included and you capitalize on the online opportunities, like making sure you get a link from the media site to your site. So for me, Really, profit has to equal, uh, sorry, publicity has to equal profit. The profit is a really big part. And if it doesn't, then I really believe you're going about it the wrong way. All right. So um, before we kind of get into some of the how-to, what would be one or two success stories of people that you know that have grown their business successfully through the media and, like you say, have uh, gotten the, the phone to ring or bums on seats and dollars in the bank? Sure. Um, yeah, I've got loads and loads of success stories, but a couple spring to mind, I guess. And there's a fellow by the name of Daniel Phillips who runs Sydney Ghost Tours, and he got himself onto Channel 10's breakfast program last year. And while he was on the show, he had his he, he managed to negotiate to have his URL of his website actually on the graphic on the screen which was fantastic. Um, And then um, he negotiated for that story to also appear on Channel 10's website, which was 10.com.au, again with a link from their site to his site. And then Channel 10 tweeted about it and linked to his his website and also posted about it on Facebook, also with a link to his site. And all that had a massive impact on his business, just that one one, uh, show. His web ranking went from bottom of page two on Google to second on page one in five hours and on some other search engines on Bing and Yahoo where he went from page six to second on page one and as a result of that he tripled his inquiry rate and he's now got his tours booked out regularly. 
And he said, you know, it's the first time he's he's a one man band. He's he runs the tours himself. He does everything himself. And he said it's the first time he really feels like he has a chance to knock off his multi million dollar competitor from that number one spot. And he's a one man band just by getting that one story on Channel Ten. So the results can be absolutely amazing and instantaneous. And I'm guessing that you can also take some of that footage as well and put it on your own website and upload it to YouTube and and, and embed it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's what I encourage my students. To to do to make the most of their publicity is to make sure that you have it accessible to a whole lot of other people who don't see it in that moment. So having it on your website, having it on your Facebook page, and people can see it over and over again um, makes a huge difference to the outcome. Okay. And one, maybe one more success story. I, I love hearing them. Yes, sure. You asked me for two, so I've got loads. Another fellow I helped, uh, James, he was a financial planner, still is actually a financial planner, and he was worried about a lot of stuff that that kind of delayed the process. He wanted to wait until he had his website completely perfect, and I've never met anyone who has a perfect website, and I don't think I ever will. So if you're waiting for your website to be perfect, then you're going to be waiting an awful long time. He also wanted to wait until he had moved his office into the financial planning district. He felt that that would give him more credibility. So he was waiting and waiting and waiting. And there was also someone else in his industry who was getting publicity regularly, kind of as a spokesperson on the topic. So he was a bit wary of that as well. So finally, I convinced him to have a go and to put out something. And he had this uh, program called an Accelerated Mortgage Reduction Program. And that was a long-winded way of saying, a very financial planning way of saying, pay off your home mortgage quickly. So I said, well, tell me about that. And he said, well, basically people sign up for the program. It's a $5,000 program. And I set up a budget, which they agree to. And if during the 12-month program, they don't stick to the budget on a regular basis, I kick them off and I, I keep their money. I said, well, that's really, that, you know, that's pretty nasty. And he said, yeah, I kind of feel like it's a bit of a boot camp. I said, well, that sounds like a great, you know, idea. Why don't we try and change the language around it for the media? So he taught, he changed it to be a, the headline of the press release was um, a budget boot camp to beat the home mortgage blues. And he sent it to one Sunday newspaper who loved it and they did the story. And then the, a producer from ABC Radio read the story in, in the newspaper and rang him up and said, would you like to be interviewed? So he went off and did the interview. Then the producer of Today Tonight heard that interview and rang him up and said, we'd love to do your story on on Channel 7. So he did that. And then someone from elsewhere was watching Channel 7 who was running a financial planning conference in Sydney and said, would you like to come and speak? So he did that and he sold close to $100,000 worth of his financial planning products through one press release to one journalist at one newspaper. Mm. And I see that happening all the time where journalists read and watch and listen to other programs all the time. So you often get a cascade effect of stories when you have one, one hit in one newspaper. So huge results. Okay. I'm excited now and I'm sure people listening to are as well. So uh, how does a business owner get started dealing with the media? Okay, so the first place to start really is making sure you know who your target market is. So identify who your target market is you in mean your by business. That, like end, end users, right? Not just target market of the media outlets. You're talking about who you want to no, reach. So, yes, so your customers. So who are your customers and know who they are. So are they men, women, what age group, etc.? And then decide where they are in the media. So where do they hang out in the media? And a quick way to work that out is actually ask them. You know, ask your customers what magazines are you reading, what newspapers do you read, do you watch TV programs? etc. 
And you really have to match those two, match your target market to the, to the media's target market because it's pointless sending your press release to someone who's not interested or who doesn't reach your target market. So, for example, I managed to get myself onto a current affair a few years ago with one of my previous businesses, which was all about targeting women working from home. And so my immediate thought was, okay, where do women hang out in the media? Where are they? Where's the biggest audience of women in the media for me? And I worked out pretty quickly that it had to be something like A Current Affair or Today Tonight, simply because A Current Affair does a lot of grocery buying stories and weight loss stories and stories about kids. So I thought, well, that must, that I didn't, I didn't do any research. I just assumed that must be the case. So you can work it out pretty easily. And, and, and that was really why I managed to get onto A Current Affair because I had a great story for their market. So the first step has to be working out what your audience is, and then working out where they are in the media, and then you go from there. Okay. Um, now, oftentimes we hear about um, coming up with a hook or an angle or a pitch or something along those lines. So, do, do you have to do you have to have one of those things? Look, I hear a lot about that those words hook and angle, and I don't like to use them because it makes it sound like it's a bit difficult and it's a bit elusive, and it's something that PR people only know how to do. But really, I rather look at it from the perspective of what interesting information can you share with your audience that you already know. So, for example, I tell my students never make an announcement in your press release. And what happens with most people when they're thinking about what how do I want to what do I want to be in the media? They think about it from their perspective. They think what do I have that I want to get out in the media? And that's the wrong way to go about it. You have to think about what great stuff you have in your business already that can help people. So, if I'll give you a quick example, um of, of things that I've seen as a journalist. I used to be a journalist, so I'd see loads of these kinds of press releases written by PR people who, who were just going about it the wrong way. So an example might be something like, real estate agent Joe Bloggs is pleased to announce he's moving to spacious new offices in Paddington. And the audience goes, well, there's nothing in that for me, and who really cares about that? And the journalist would think the same thing. But instead, Joe Bloggs could put something out that says the top five ways to add $50,000 to the sale price of your home this winter. And Joe knows that already. That's the stuff that he already knows within his business. He knows what people should do to improve the sale price of their home. He doesn't have to move office to get publicity. It's all the stuff that's in your business now. So that's what I encourage people to do, to think about. Flip your whole approach around so it's not about what do I want to get out there, it's how can I help the audience. And in helping the audience, you will get the promotion for your business and you will get the profit from it. But you have to start with the audience as, as the end point. Okay, so if we've come up with a, an interesting idea and something that we already have and we know that it's going to help the audience, um, how do we then get that idea out to the media? Um, oftentimes you hear about sending out a media release or a press release or should we just pick up the phone? What's the, what's the next step? You definitely need to create a press release or a media release. It's the same thing. They're just different words to describe them. Definitely don't pick up the phone as your first port of call. Journalists hate to be called, you know, out of the blue, and particularly if you haven't written a press release. So I know myself when I was a journalist, if someone rang me and said, oh, I've got this story about blah, 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 and I have, you know, I was a radio journalist, so I was I was working to hourly, sometimes half hourly deadlines, and I just didn't have time to speak to someone about their story. And this even happened to me the other day when I was ringing a journalist myself, um, and I was ringing Channel 7 
I'd sent in a press release. I had sent the press release. I'd done the right thing and I was following it up with a phone call. And I sent it to the six o'clock news team and someone read it and, and I was speaking to the person. He said, it's not really for us. It's more for, this, for the 4.30 bulletin people. It sounds like that kind of story. Um, he said, I'll just put you through. And I'm thinking, oh, no, don't put me through because they haven't seen my press release. But anyway, I couldn't help it. He put me through and someone picked up the phone very abruptly. Hello. And, you know, that's the way they operate sometimes because they're dealing with really tight deadlines. And I said, oh, you know, I've got this story. And she said, okay, I don't have time. Just send me a press release. So she didn't even, she didn't want me to explain it at all. She just wanted me to send a press release. So definitely the first step is to craft that press release. So what are the components of a great uh, media release? Um, Okay, so a a, a media release or a press release is basically an introduction to a journalist. It's not meant to be the whole story. So I hear a lot of people worry that they can't write very well. They don't have good writing skills. But if you can follow a template, then you can write a press release. It's basically a one-page document. So it's a one-page document that shows you have a great story idea. It's not meant to be the whole story. The journalist will write the story. You just have to communicate your idea. So there's five key things. There's a headline which operates very much like a newspaper story in terms of like your headline. They will read the opening line next. Um, and if they like that, then they'll keep reading. If those two things don't work, they won't read any of it. They'll just hit, hit delete. Really important to get the headline and the opening line right. Um, so if we just back up a little bit, do you just want to start that there are five components because we lost you for about um, ah. 10 seconds there. So we'll just okay. we'll just start back with um, you know what are the components of a great media release and then you can go into your answer. Sorry. Okay, no worries. Okay, the components of a great press release. A press release really is an introduction to a journalist, okay? So it doesn't have to be the whole story. It doesn't have to be the story. You don't have to write the story for the journalist. You just have to communicate your idea really effectively. So there's five key things that you have to have in a press release. The first is a really good headline. And the headline has to act very much like a newspaper headline, a newspaper story headline that gets right to the point and sums up the story. So when you read a newspaper headline, you pretty much know what that whole story is about without without having to read the rest of the story. And that's the same for your press release. Then you have to have a good quality opening line And that has to give more information around your story and around your headline. And the journalists will scan your headline and your opening line quickly. And if they like that, they'll read the rest. If they don't like either of those or it doesn't make sense, they won't read the rest. So it's really important to get those right. Then you have basically a page of text, which is broken down into a lot of quotes from yourself. You'll be quoting yourself as an expert in your field, much like a newspaper article again, so written in the third person. And all of those quotes and any information you have in there has to tick off all the details of your story. So the who, what, when, where, how and why of your story. So that basically means don't leave anything unanswered or unexplained. Don't assume that that journalist is going to understand, you know, the new program that you're referring to or a new piece of legislation or whatever it is. And it has to look like a press release. Um, So it has to have press release written at the top. It has to comply with that kind of formatting. So a journalist feels like this person understands what this is about. And then the last component is to leave your contact details and all of them. So your name, your cell, your mobile number, your landline, your email address, your website, and then make sure you don't turn your mobile number, your your mobile phone off once you've sent it out. Because that was a real bugbear of mine. When I was a journalist, I'd ring someone, it'd go to message bank and, um, 
you know, that person would end up missing out on the publicity just because they turned their phone off. Mm. And in the old days, obviously, these used to be written on on a piece of paper, 1.5 spaced uh, and then faxed out. Um, I know you can obviously send an email now and make the press release an attachment, but I know some people don't, uh, some companies don't want attachments. So do you, should you do attachments or cut and paste the press release into the body of an email? Should you worry about formatting or just kind of putting the text just um, like normal? So I would definitely have it as um, double line spaced. So and most of your sentences should should be short. And the idea with this is that it can be easily scanned. Someone doesn't want to, a journalist doesn't want to have to read your press release in detail initially. They just want to scan through it to see if they like the idea. So if you've got big blocks of paragraph text then it's hard to read so the whole thing is to make it clearly spaced out I would definitely copy and paste it and put it into the body of your email don't send it as an attachment and that's because a lot of media organizations have really strong firewall systems on their computers and that it may not get in they don't allow uh, word documents and things to actually get through so it may not get there at all plus it's just another click you know when you're a busy journalist and you see the and you can't actually read it yet then you probably won't i know when i get attachments on emails i usually put them to one side and look at them later and the whole idea is that you're trying to get them into your story the moment they look at your email so they see the headline they see the opening line they start reading it and they keep scrolling down. And I know that there's services out there whereby you can pay a hundred bucks and it goes out to three thousand journalists all across the country or around the world. Do you use any of those auto submit, you know, software tools, or should it all be done sort of, you know, one to one? I yeah, I look. I really doubt the effectiveness of those submit your press releases to three thousand people type services. There's a lot to be said for distributing your press release online, but for me, that's more about actually search engine optimization for your website as opposed to getting published. You may get publicity out of it, but it's one of those things now that's almost become another kind of sneaky thing that PR firms do to charge their clients more. They say, you know, we'll send your press release out to 3,000 people and that'll be another 5,000 bucks, thanks. And all they're doing is paying $500 for that to be done online. So they're making a lot of money out of it. And really, I tell my students, you don't need more than probably five to 10 really good journalists at key um, organisation, media outlets, TV shows, radio programs, whatever, that you want to be in. You just need kind of five to ten contacts overall um, to get great publicity on an ongoing basis. So it doesn't take much to find out who those people should be as opposed to feeling like you have to send your press release out on wide distribution because the power with publicity and the really good stories comes with personal follow-up, comes with actually making that phone call to the journalist, not just hoping they're going to get back to you. And what if you send a, a media release and you don't hear back? Should you panic? <laughs> should you call? Um, when should you call? Uh, what do you do if you don't hear? Uh, well, I tell my students expect not to hear. Mm. So that that may that means that you know if you're expecting not to hear, then you'll make a call. So you must make that call. The the follow up phone call is absolutely essential. And I'd say probably ninety percent of the publicity I've ever generated for myself and clients has been the result of that follow up phone call. Um, so, you know, you won't get it if you're expecting someone to call you. Sometimes they do. And, and obviously, if it's a great story, I've had uh, a fellow by the name of Scott Wolford. He was on Channel 7's morning show and he sent his press release out and Channel 7 rang him back within two minutes wanting an exclusive. And that's fantastic. Um, and that sometimes that happens. But often, you know, you may have the person may have gone on holidays or it might just not have got there or they might have got busy. You know, the number of times I've spoken to a journalist and they've thanked me for calling. They've said, oh, look, we really wanted to 
to do that story. Thank you so much for following up. I just got busy doing something else. So we definitely want to follow it up. So thank you. You've saved me the call. So you have to follow up. You ought to follow up within, depends depends what the story is and who you're targeting. If you're tying in with a big story of the day, so if something big has happened and you're trying to tie in with that story so that story is happening on that day, then I would obviously give it maybe an hour or two and then call back. Um, if it's something that's not you know, earth shattering and it's not um, top news that day and it's something that you're hoping to get into a magazine perhaps or um, on a TV show down the track, then I'd leave it 24 hours. Um, be, be aware though of when you call because if you call on their deadline, they won't respond to you. And you may be thinking that they don't like your story when, in fact, you've just called at the wrong time. So in terms of working when that out, when that is, um, you know, just it, common sense prevails, really. If you think about if you're trying to get into a TV program, obviously, the closer it gets to that program being broadcast, the, the closer the deadline is. So, you know, I'd be more inclined to be looking at morning times and things like that. If it's a radio program, then obviously a couple of hours before. So just have a think about it. And if you really don't know and you really want to make sure you get it right, just ring reception and ask. Ask when the editorial deadline is and then avoid it for your follow-up call. Okay. Um, now, what if they do call? I know a lot of people fear about their story being twisted or, you know, manipulated and it stops a lot of people from, from, from taking action. So let's just squash that one. Um, you know, what's, what's the likelihood it's going to happen and how can you, you know, stop it from happening? And, and what do you do in that, um, that, that process where they're, they're kind of wanting to do a story? Okay, so um, yes, I know there is a lot of fear around this and I think it, it's, there's a bit of a bad reputation. I guess we see celebrities and things hounded and things, but but honestly, unless you've done something dreadfully wrong, stolen money from a pensioner or something, that's not going to be you. Okay, they're not going to twist the story. The worst thing that I can ha that can happen really is that they just don't want to do the story. Um, so I always say to people, you know, the best thing to do is to make sure that you have followed the process of getting publicity as closely as possible and done everything right. So that means that you've spent some time doing some homework, you've come up with um, making sure that your audience match, your, the, the story that you have is going to suit their audience, that you've done the press release nicely, that you've emailed it in, that you've made that call that you've said the right things in that call because they're kind of checking you out, uh, doing a bit of a pre-interview with you at that point to make sure that you do know your stuff, um, that you've done a done an interview and that you've said the right things there so you've thought about how to answer the questions effectively, that you've been a resource for them so you've offered to find other people who might be able to be quoted, you've offered photographs, you've, you know, you've done everything you can um, and at that point once you've done everything you can and you've followed the process really closely, you have to let go and you have to let the journalist do their job and as long as you've done all those things um, you, you, you more than likely the story is going to be as you hoped it would be I find the the more risky areas start happening when you get a call from a journalist out of the blue and you haven't it hasn't been a proactive approach on your behalf so you're reacting to something that they're coming to you with you can still get um, what you hoped for but you have less control over it because it didn't start with you um, so and often in that situation a journalist is actually they already know what they want someone to say in that story so they've already got the story mapped out they're just trying to fill in the gaps with someone to be quoted and say the things they want to say um, and if you find yourself in that situation where you're thinking this is not, you know, they're asking me these questions and this is not my area or they're trying to get me to say something that I don't want to say, you don't have to say it, obviously. You can just say what you want to say. And I've had those situations where um, 
in fact, my husband's had those situations where he's, I've heard him speaking to a journalist and he's, they've got off the phone and he said, well, that's not going to see the light of day because I didn't say what she wanted me to say. And so she'll go and find someone else. So very rarely does that happen. It happens more to, you know, celebrities, politicians, not your small to medium sized business who's, who's trying to help the target audience with some good quality information. So as long as you follow the process, you should be fine. Now we know that there's lots of all all the benefits of of um, publicity from a from a branding point of view, profile building, credibility, all those things. Um, but like you've said, it's important that we try to look at well, how can we generate profit from it, and and that's oftentimes getting a phone number mentioned or maybe a website uh, URL. Um, I know sometimes uh, journalists will say, oh, we don't do that, or you know, we just have a link on our website, um, and they'll kind of um, you know sweep it away. How do we kind of get in in, um, you know, some type of, um, if, if we can, some type of pitch for our product or even just to contact uh, details without kind of, um, you know, m- making them, yeah, go a bit weird on us. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it comes down to being able to do that without appearing salesy. Mm. So without, I, and one of the tips I have in my um, report on my website is um, never say the P word and the P word is publicity. So you never make a journalist feel like they're giving you free publicity for something. They, you want to make them feel like this is a great benefit to their target audience. So a journalist will include your website if it's going to be of great benefit to their market, their audience. So when I was a journalist, for example, we had a policy where we had to include the website of any story that we read out that was really going to generate a big response from our market. And we knew the stories that would. There was obviously the big stories of the day, then there was sport, but in between there was some stuff that was always, we had to be on our on the money for our market. And there was one particular case where I read, the, read a story out that I knew would have a big response. And I forgot to read the website out at the end. And um, that afternoon, the receptionist on that on that radio station got three and a half thousand phone calls from people wanting to know what that name of that business was that I had done the story about. And journalists know that and they don't want to get swamped with information. So it all comes down to what I, what I call um, the call to action in your press release. So packaging whatever it is you want your audience to do, whether it is to come and have a consultation or visit your website or whatever, in such a way that it's more information, it's more benefit to your to your target market. It's more benefit to the um, media organisation's market. So as long as you talk about it in a way that's not salesy as a benefit to their audience, they are likely to do it. But And it's one of those things you should absolutely do because if you don't, then it will just be brand awareness and you know, this is the thing that a lot of PR firms don't do. They don't actually care whether or not you get sales out of this. And they certainly haven't even considered you increasing your search engine rankings by getting a link from the media organization site to your site. Mm. But if you could do that in a way that's not salesy, in a way that helps their audience, then you get great profit from it. So even on your website, you might have an extra report that relates to that story or an article or a blog post or something that gives more information. So therefore, it's you know it makes sense for the journalist to want to direct people to that to provide more information, not just a free plug for the website. Fantastic. And you have mentioned that uh, special report that you have and it's great because I can vouch for you because you've been on all sides of the, the fence. You've been as a journalist and then also yeah, helping people to get and then also teaching people how to do it for themselves as well. Um, and you offer huge value to people. So the URL is publicity for profit.com.au that's sue papadoulos and it's uh, publicityforprofit.com.au sue thanks so much for your time really appreciate your contribution thanks for listening to another business masters podcast 
to access more great content or to download your free business plan template, visit businessblueprint.com.